Welcome to the Words Over Ice Show. Have a drink, whether glass mug or styrofoam. Get my best up to Ray, he's the right host. And Matt James on a sarcastic tightrope. Then there's Jason, full of opinions. Co-host with brains and the boldest intentions. Ali, that's the man making profits. Greg and Duke join us talking controversial topics. You know it get real in these interviews. We talk about it all when we bring a news. Rolling with the punches, a one-two combo. The Words Over Ice Show. Let's have a convo. All right, friends, welcome back. Thanks for joining. Today, Jason and I are talking to Khalil Wanda, who is a reggae expert, and he uh, he has a podcast, Reggae Lovers. Check it out. It's really cool. Uh, gets into the depths and the weeds of reggae, and uh, happy to have him on. It was a really cool conversation. Make sure you're following us on Instagram, Facebook. The handles for both are at The Words Over Ice Show, and uh, we'll jump right in. Hope you enjoy it. Obviously, um, there, uh, Ray knows that uh, one of my best friends I've known since I was five, he's West Indian from Trinidad. Uh, so I Duke? Been, yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. So <laughs> been around, you know, Caribbean uh, influence, just lifestyle, everything. But there was that uh, Bob Marley uh, documentary movie. Uh, mm-hmm. man, Which one? The, the, fuck. I, the latest one? The, the, the last one, yeah. The yeah. one that was like, you know, I, I think it came out in the theaters and shit. <clears throat> but um, that that right there, like, I had always known of Bob Marley and, you know, certain songs and whatnot, but never had really been into reggae. But that... that Bob Marley's um, my man. Yeah, Ray, you're a, you're a fucking I'm genius a with that. You're, yeah, exactly. So that documentary, it, it was just awesome to... To just see it and 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 learn the story for real, for real, from like people that knew him instead of you know you got this BBC story of motherfuckers that don't know shit about him. So you know it, it was it was great, but I mean Bob Marley is the face of reggae, but not the the entire story, you know. Right, definitely not. Khalil, you can you can talk a lot more about that than we can. I can't but I say know. anything. <laughs> <laughs> I've always related to Bob. Like I've got tattoos that are inspired by Bob, Bob Marley. I've always, I've listened to all his stuff. He's just very inspiring to me and most people, right? Everyone, listens, everybody knows Bob Marley. I don't think you can throw a rock and not hit somebody that doesn't know the name right. Bob Marley, but, um, wait, no, no, you can't go to Washington DC. <laughs> <laughs> but to me, Bob was one of those guys, like he was just true to his word you know what i mean through and through like he he believed in what he believed in no matter what and he tried to try to get that music through in music and that's that's why i gravitated towards him but clearly i mean and when we talk about reggae that's what everyone goes to right it's bob marley ziggy you know the the pop mainstream stuff but you actually host a podcast all about reggae so you know way more the history and 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 the things that we you know us common people don't don't really know about so how how did you fall into it well um you know i'm from i'm of caribbean descent so mm-hmm. that's like the original you know like initial way that i was exposed to it i mean uh, really up exposed with it. to it a lot yeah so i grew i was born in guyana in uh south america which is uh, on the continent of South America is the only British colony in all of South America. So mm-hmm. we, you know, didn't get any Spanish. Unfortunately, is just you know the Queen's English. No, and no Spanish, no Portuguese, no nothing. <laughs> no, no, we're literally border Brazil. We bordered Venezuela, and we border uh, French and Dutch Guiana. So surrounded by it all, 
Um, and then at north of there is the island of Trinidad and Tobago off the coast. So the culture in Guyana is very much like one of the islands. So it's always pretty much grouped, lumped in with the Caribbean islands. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and the music there is, you know, especially back in the day, it was Calypso. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when I was uh, age four, my parents moved to Jamaica. They attended university at uh, the University of West Indies in Kingston, Jamaica. So mm-hmm. from the age of four to like 10, I lived in Kingston. So the thing about Jamaica that a lot of people don't know and, and a lot of the islands is that musically it's like music is huge. You know, there's not that much else going on for a lot of people. I mean, music is the entertainment. It's kind of like just everything. It's, so, the, it's the bloodline and like the, 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 the life of it, you know, just right. Like, ex- exactly. Exactly. So like, if you flip on the radio, you will hear at least, I don't know if it, it's like that now, but you know, growing up, you turn on the radio, the morning radio show or whatnot, they would play like some Bob Marley, a song like, positive vibration yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. so you're starting your day <laughs> yeah. yeah just feeling good right like that and then uh-huh. you know they would also play country and western like i was hearing kenny rogers just you know eating breakfast in kingston you know what i mean like almost every morning so it's just very diverse you know you'll hear like every kind of music every genre just in the mix throughout the day and that's the way mm-hmm. it was so growing up there, I was more attracted to hip hop music. I was attracted to like the Fresh Prince. You know, this was in the eighties. Yep. Um, you know, the Fat Boys and who else? Whoever else was popping. You know, what I'm saying in terms of hip hop, like I was all about that. I was learning their rhymes and watching those music videos, and you know what I mean, yeah. Salt and Pepper mm-hmm. and everything like that. Because um, I think you know, depending on where you are, you kind of want to grab something else you reach for like what's different so of course (laughs) so that was popular then and that's what i kind of clinged on to and i would hear reggae you know i wasn't old enough to go out to parties and well you know like clubs or stuff like that Mm -hmm. so you know you hear the music on it's just the music of the island it's the national music so that was my introduction to it but then at age 10 11 i moved from jamaica to America and we settled in Brooklyn, New York. And huh. that's when things <laughs> yeah. really like got popping. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I was at the age then at junior high school and then did, you know, half of high school there and then half of high school down south in Atlanta. So it was in Brooklyn. Brooklyn, if you guys have never been or not, it's like a Caribbean island. Mm-hmm. It is. <laughs> I've, I've never been to Brooklyn. I've never, no, I've been, never been, but Daryl tells me about it. He's been there so many times. He has so much family there. You know, yeah. so. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I've got some family out there, but I've never I've never been. I've never been to New York. No, nope, me neither. I've, I've driven, I think I've driven through it. And I was like, hi, New York. Bye, New York. Fuck it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, so it's it's like a it's like a island itself. You said it's got yeah. that feel to it. Yeah, I mean it's a big, like a massive. First of all, Brooklyn is the fourth largest city in America, right? Um, and it's just one of the boroughs of New York, but it's got so many, just a, such a dense population. Like you know the the um, immigration, you know, from the islands to 
New York started very early on. So by the time I got there, which was 1990, it was just like everywhere, you know, so mm-hmm. well-established community and um, the sound system culture. So, okay. Sound system culture. You guys have any idea what that is? I, I do not. Neither, no, you I don't. I'm, a, I'm not even going to front. Nope. <laughs> okay. Try to make something. Yeah. Up. Right. Like, yeah. You talking about like car culture. You talking about like boombox <laughs> shit. Like, no, I don't know. So, okay. Well, that's what comes to mind. Cool. Cool. So basically in, um, you know, like my, my sound, I have a sound, you know, I'm a selector from Highlander sound, you know, Highlander sound system. So in reggae and, and dance hall, it's not uh, like now it's a little bit different, but back in the day you had what was called sound systems. So instead of just a DJ, so-and-so DJ kid Capri, you know, DJ Envy, mm-hmm. whatever you would have a sound system which comprised a DJ who was known as a selector. And that's a person that selected the music. Right. And, you know, okay. so you pull a record I, I out what, of the box. I know what you're saying though. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but there was a sound like the, a mobile DJ company is what you would call it here. Mm-hmm. It was called a sound oh, okay. system in Jamaica. I got you. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So it was a whole group, a whole production where there was like crews, like roadies that handled the wires and the speaker boxes, mm-hmm. somebody that drove a truck, somebody that would throw the tarp up if it's raining, you know, just like different roles. But the main roles were the selector who pulls the records out, puts them on the turntable, and then there was an MC or host of the session. And that person would hold the microphone and introduce the songs and give you some jokes and some banter and stuff like that in between songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that style, they used to like start rhyming, you know, kind of toasting over the, over the rhythms. And that is what eventually uh, evolved into rap, into hip hop. Um, so sound systems were in Jamaica, you know, a lot of the immigrants from Jamaica that moved, to new york and you know started to bring the turntables and hook them up to you know power and play in the street and stuff like that and then started rhyming over the over the beats that's like literally you know what spawned into hip-hop culture um in the in the late 70s early 80s in new york but um i didn't know that yeah man so pretty cool you know um and then a lot of stuff from reggae culture ended up transitioning into other genres. So like they there was a a way that producers in Jamaica would like remix. So they they would make a version of a song, but then they would make alternate like B-sides to each song that mm-hmm. they produced. So some of those B-sides what they would do is take out the vocal track. So you just have the beat now. And they would take out the bass in certain parts. They'd add more treble in certain parts. They'd add in certain drum sounds that would like echo out. And at some points they would bring in the vocal track just a little bit and make it sound all phased out and bring it in and out, you know, and create like a whole new specific uh, song that only they could play. So normally producers would be sound system owners as well. 
So, you know, they would play like their own music. So if you go to hear a different sound play, you're literally not going to hear the same thing that you would hear from the sound down the street or from the next parish over. Um, And so that turned into competitions where, you know, one sound would set up over here on one end of a street and another sound would set up on the other side end of the street. And you're looking at, you can look at the speakers and see, oh, this one is colored red and has this written on it. And this one has lights on it and it's bigger, but it doesn't play as loud. And so, you know, the crowd would be able to hear who's playing better, whose uh, equipment is actually producing better sound. And then also listening to the selections that the selector would play. And also the next piece was what the MC was saying on the mic you know, who was more entertaining. So this right. developed like competition, which is known as a sound clash. It's kind of like a DJ battle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But so now I come to Brooklyn and I lived in Jamaica and I didn't know about this in Jamaica, but in Brooklyn, this is where I learned about all this stuff, <laughs> which is crazy <laughs> in America. Um, yeah. And there's sound systems in, in Brooklyn all over the place. Every neighborhood has their yeah. own sound systems that represent throw the block parties in the summer. And you know what I mean? So yep. I was old enough in New York to really start to witness this like firsthand. And it just kind of like blew me away, man. And I just got sucked in and I just went down the rabbit hole of learning. Um, yeah. I just went down that rabbit hole and, you know, I ended up being, you know, quite the nerdy individual. <laughs> and so I would want to like find out the history of everything. And um, mm-hmm. this was in the cassette era. So there is a, a beautiful culture. era. Yeah, beautiful man. Beautiful era. Fucking beautiful. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Uh, I have a story about cassettes. I'll let you finish. <laughs> we don't want to hear your story. <laughs> you don't. It's, a whole, it's such a bad story. Go ahead. So get this, Sorry. right? Um, this is a kid who, like, um, you know, Wu-Tang Clan and, you know, Public mm-hmm. Enemy and just all mm-hmm. the great music, KRS-One, you know, all the great music in the New York area. That was what was in my Walkman, like, in, like, 92, 93. But then from, like, 94 to the end of the 90s, I started to listen to sound system cassettes because that's what my brother and my cousin were listening mm-hmm. to. And so I got into their cassette collections. And so where did these cassettes come from? Like these, or what are they about? The majority of them were coming from Jamaica. So the way that sound systems in Jamaica marketed themselves to the world is they would record all of their parties, which we call dances. They record the dance on cassette and send it out to record stores and tape shops all around the world. So in New York, there are several of these that would get new tapes in every single week. So you could be in New York, but know exactly what was going on down in different parts of Jamaica. And you were able to follow the sound systems that were playing out very regularly. I mean, Mm -hmm. Jamaica has parties like every night of the week, all day. It's it's bananas. (laughs) (laughs) And then there are also the sound clashes, which is almost like a different. It's a different lane because. At one point, you know, back in the 80s, sound system sound clashes were where the art, you know, an MC or different artists would come to the mic 
and right. represent for different sound, you know, for each sound system. It would be like a lyrical battle um, in that kind of way. But eventually it transitioned to where some of the sound systems that got very popular could no longer, they, you know, they got popular and they started getting international bookings. So mm-hmm. a promoter in like London would be like, such and such a sound, I want you to come over and and play. So it's like, okay, well, we can't travel with these 15 artists and all this equipment. It would be too expensive. You know what I mean? Right. So what they started to do is go to the studio, take their artists to the studio, and have their artists record a track where they were bigging up the sound. Right. So they would press that onto a dub, onto what's called a dub plate, which is like an acetate plate where you could put a few songs on each side and this is Mm -hmm. like a special Mm -hmm. um a special was also called a special or a dub or a dub plate so now sound systems would collect these dubs and then they could go to new york or they could go to france or or england and they could play and then and they still have artists representing for them branding their name and you know right showing off that they have the clout to have all these artists sing exclusive songs for them. So the sound clash changed into a competition to see who could play the more exclusive dub plates. Mm-hmm. And that was like, you know, I eat early mixtapes of like DJ clue and kid Capri and, you know, funk master flex, like the kind of the similar thing, but just way before it's time. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, you get a cassette, with like 90 minutes, 45 minutes each side. And, mm-hmm. you know, you'll hear different sounds featuring their dub plates on these cassettes. And, you know, it's just like a whole different culture that's just, it grew yeah. to be very, very big. And it's like a sport. It's basically like a Jamaican sport, you know, where it is, it's not basically, it is a sport, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like yeah. People, people went at it hard, you know, I'm probably sure there was some clashes outside of the studio or, after some shit at you know and so oh, yeah. showed somebody up you know yeah it's blood sweat and tears man and, yeah man <laughs> <laughs> and um all for music and you know people it, it's not like a regular party where you're going just with the objective to dance or whatnot it's you're like you're going and you're it's almost like fantasy football where you know your dad into it Mm-hmm. That you're like mm-hmm. inside of the stats, you're inside the lyrics, yeah. you're analyzing you're like, okay, who's going to win? Yeah. Who's going to win this? <laughs> he played this on this beat. Ooh, you know, it's kind of like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like a yeah, rap battle. Very much like a rap battle. Um, and you know, so that, that's what I, I got sucked in. And, um, so do you do, do you, are you an artist yourself or do you do, you know, uh, like, are you a DJ or are you in the scene? Like, what's going on? So, yeah, when uh, when I moved to Atlanta, my cousin and brother, you know, also were here and they decided like, hey, let's start a sound. Let's start up a sound system. So it's like, okay. okay, let's do it. So we started to buy records, you know, with the little money that we could scrape together and collect it, yeah. you know, building up uh, crates of records. Mm-hmm. And we... I was going to Morehouse College in Atlanta, uh, mm-hmm. and I, my cousin and I started interning with an entertainment company that was doing parties down here. So I remember they did, like, the first event they did that we were involved with, they brought Nari 
down from New York. Oh shit! What? <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. And that was when Super Thug just came out. What? Oh, <laughs> oh that's a hype ass record. Yes. 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 That made me want to punch me one of their fucking neck. Like, oh, what? 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 what, what? <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, people were getting taken out of there on stretches. Like, that's, Yo, that, that's not the song you play when you got some fucking alcohol flying around either. It's like it's just too hype, yo. You just what? what, 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 what? It's a big ass match yeah, pit. Yeah, man. With people with rhythm, that's the difference. Yo. Yeah, man. So very, very memorable. And and that team, you know, they were like kind of on the come up. You know, kind of took over the scene mm-hmm. for a few years, and that's the- that was one of Pharrell's first uh, fucking like major hits. Ah, I didn't realize. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's Pharrell right. produced that. That's right. I remember. Um, yeah, that's- Pharrell's been in the game for like eighty years. He's a fucking vampire, yo. I don't, I, that dude ain't human. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, back to what you were saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so super thug. That's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, man. So we started, you know, and and they were doing. A, a lot of events, college parties, but you know, as time went over, uh, went on, transitioned into, you know, the grown and sexy, like twenty one and over stuff, right. and um, you know, brought a lot of artists through town. Um, but you know, we were working with them, so it was like, hey, can we open? Hey, can we do the early warm? You know, it's like, sure, do you know, whatever, go ahead. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. how we started initially actually playing out after coming up with the idea to collect records. I mean, it was kind of like a one, two, three, but you know, through that process, we learned about promotion. We got introduced to the who's who in, in town, like all the club owners and everything like that. I mean, the network was pretty good. Um, you know, the guy that did like the flyers for most of the reggae promoters in town was the guy that was also like, Hey, you know, you should put my sound on this. My sound is Highlander. You know, you didn't hear. Yeah, go ahead. Put them on. They're good. You know? Right, right. So we literally, like, went from zero to, like, boom. We're everywhere in the space right. of a year or two. Uh, launched a website. Started doing mixtapes. And, you know, like, I was, like, a marketing major in college. And, you know, my all of us, we did business. So it was just, like, just applying everything right there to the streets, putting in the work in the streets, you know, at that age where you can kind of devote all of your non-class, non-work time to just this dream of being a a champion selector. <laughs> um, so it was real cool, man. Like at that time, you know, it grew to where I was DJing, uh, playing reggae music, but in some of the like upscale clubs where it was like, okay, it, it might be a mainstream hip hop night, urban night, but there's a reggae room or a reggae floor or something like that. So we were those guys. So we didn't start out playing like in the reggae community, in the Jamaican community and the, you know, Caribbean side of town. We were like in, I don't know if you know Atlanta, but in like Midtown and Buckhead, which is mm-hmm. where just like everybody would go out to party, you know, who had, did you, um, not to cut you up, did you did you ever run into like uh, 112 or because that was like around around the time when when Super Thug was out, 112 started to like catch on, and of course Outkast was doing their thing, Goody Mob, you know X Y Z. You're in the mecca of the origination of Southern rap, you know, so you were there for that. How was that? Yeah, no, nah, it was real. It was um, man, it was a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, fun times, you know, a lot of good times. 
we we definitely did some stuff with Outkast. Um, you know where That's they perform. fucking bonkers, dude. I'm jealous. That's bonkers. <laughs> Andre 3000 is the number one for me, man. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a he's fucking crazy. freak. Yeah, he's he's beast. But neither here nor there. Keep going. Yeah, yeah no, I'm, picking, it, I'm picking your brain. I'm interested because no, you're, no, you're it's in good. The, but in Atlanta, like they're like, especially back then, Outkast were like gods. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you couldn't yeah. no other group you can rock a show and outshine outcast. Like it just wasn't happening. You know what I'm saying? So that was pretty cool. We actually we played at, at one twelve, uh both one twelves, because there's an old one twelve. That's the one twelve where one twelve got discovered. <laughs> and then we played it later on, they they moved it to a different location. We you know, we played at both of those. Um you know, like over a hundred different venues just in and around Atlanta. And then that started to lead to traveling dates, you know, playing in DC, playing in Texas, New York, Florida, but also we went down to the Caribbean and, you know, played in some of the islands. Um, coolest thing was getting a chance to go to Japan and DJ out there, um, did like a little mini tour out in Japan as well. So, you know, Speaking of which, like Japan loves reggae music, yo. Do they? Yes. No, like, I never they have that. their own reggae industry. Like they have been producing and, and playing reggae music since the eighties at least. I just got a mental like a mental picture. Dude, like I went people, there people and dancing to reggae out there. Yeah, they like the girls would have like the Jamaican flag on their nails or like little like reggae tattoos like they'd had the flag hanging up in their car and they even after the technology was obsolete they kept cassette decks going in their cars so that they could play the cassettes that i'm talking about <laughs> no shit so yeah that's that's loyalty yeah, man that's crazy <laughs> yeah, i would have never thought that like way out there that they're into reggae and never in a million years would i have fathomed that yeah, it's it's even it's it's bigger. It's spread worldwide. Right. It's it, it's so deep. Yeah, I mean reggae's and, and it's everywhere. And I think it's one of those. It's one of the only types of music that I think almost everyone can vibe to. Well, well, well here's the thing that I've always thought about it is there. It's a frequency yeah. that your body naturally is going to gravitate towards and just feel, even if you are not listening to the words. The music itself has a vibe about it that mm-hmm. I think the human body wants to listen to and feel to to relax to to feel uh one with what's going on, you know, like a unity kind of feel, you know what I'm saying, yeah, yeah, you know mm-hmm. yeah, there's something there's something different about it. The frequency of the music is just different than anything else. I agree, but you know, I have uh encountered many people who would say that they don't like reggae or that they hate reggae. Yeah. And based well, off what you coked, just said, I feel like they're coked out. <laughs> <laughs> they're, fucking, they're straight coked out. They don't want to fucking relax for shit. Right. They just want to start a fist fight. Like, right. What is wrong with you? Right. That's what I was going to say. Based off what you just said is people who like reject that, like they, they don't want to connect with nature and they, they don't want to no. relax or, <laughs> you know, Super oh, high man. strung. Yeah, there are some Let the bodies shit. hit the floor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they're, just, they're fucking weirdos. 
No, I'm just playing. If you don't like reggae, I, I'm not going to hold it against you, but just don't come by my house. Just don't come by my house. <laughs> I don't trust. If you don't like reggae, I don't trust you. Uh, okay? okay. The simple as that. <laughs> I don't trust you. There's something not right about you. That that brings to mind when a, a good friend of mine, you know, told me like, you know, if, uh, if they if somebody says they don't smoke weed, they don't trust them right away. <laughs> yeah. Well, that goes like damn near hand in hand. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna speak for everybody, but I'm just saying. You know, yeah, there's a definite tie. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> no, that's that's awesome. Your journey, man. That that's like a crazy opportunity in time because that time period is considered right now the golden era you know what i mean like the shit we got out now is just that it's like shit so like, what is that what you would like okay we look back and we call that era the golden era what do you think that we're gonna people are gonna refer to this era as in terms of music <laughs> i don't oh, think man. they're gonna refer to it <laughs> <laughs> there's gonna be a little bit you can pick and sift through but it's not like it was between 90 and 90 like nine or 2003 that era, but even but that's outside of reggae. I'm, I'm who, not talking who, about who knows, just reggae. Man. Like, who, who no, knows? but reggae goes along with that too. Like the, that's well, definitely that, that's... the best time for reggae. Like anybody that knows reggae music, you know, that's been listening yeah. for a few decades would say that. Mm-hmm. Like that was definitely really? the height, the pinnacle. I mean, as a matter of fact, that's awesome. You know, that had a lot to do with my um, with my journey because at a certain point, you know, I was playing out like three, four nights a week. And mm-hmm. the type of music, it started to kind of change. Like something just changed for me. And mm-hmm. I felt like I wasn't having fun anymore. Um, yeah. And, you know, when it's not fun anymore, it's like, you know, why why do it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it no, it's just straight up. It, no, it's straight up. Yeah. I, I feel that 100% to my soul. So it started to become a job. And, yeah, so that's when my... my uh, um attention just kind of to my focus just kind of swayed you know what i mean and um so do you still do you still book anything or have you kind of like gravitated away or um just become like a connoisseur or a mentor for other people uh what's going on now yeah i mean all of the above i do take uh certain bookings um i don't take you know certain others i'll refer to you know somebody else and Mm -hmm. um so i kind of pick and choose my appearances and um i've curated events of my own where i was like you know what i I didn't see the type of events that i want to play at um you know going on so i decided to you know start curating my own events promoting my own events and you know so i would sometimes i would spin sometimes i'll book other talent you know and put together events mm-hmm. at nice. the type of venues that you know i thought would be a good look uh for the reggae crowd mm-hmm. as well and um and i think that's definitely helped out you know with the scene in, in atlanta and a lot of other people have continued on, continued it on and, and now there's a lot of a lot more diversity in the, the type of events that are going on here um in this part mm-hmm. of the world and um one of the things that i started to focus on because i used to do internet radio for about five or six years i was doing two radio shows um a week they were like three hour long shows live radio um so that was a very 
arduous task, you know, in time commitment. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So I did like a Tuesday night show called dance hall now. And that was for like all the new music, the uptempo stuff. And then I did one mm-hmm. called reggae vault classics on Wednesday nights. And that was, you know, digging into the, mm-hmm. the crates and playing the old classics, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. So that was cool and everything. Um, did that for about five years, but I felt like I wasn't, I didn't have the type of control that I wanted to have doing that. Um, not that I'm a control freak or, you know, I have to be in charge of everything, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like I definitely tried it out for long enough. And, um, yeah. So then I, I transitioned from there to podcasting. So I was kind of like an early podcaster on that wave. Um, starting to do, you've been doing it a while right yeah i've been doing it a while um i have the the reggae lover podcast now which i've been doing since 14 mm-hmm. um so say that again what is it for the uh the audience listening where can they find you and what's it's the name called of it again? reggae lover went to mm-hmm. find a very easy simple name that you could find so it's, it's yeah, not reggae they, lovers with an S that'll bring up a whole bunch ex, of other stuff. Execution. Any, anybody who listens to us regularly, they heard, they heard your, uh, your promotion the last few weeks. So we promoted Jay. I don't know if you knew that. We promoted, uh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, this, that makes sense yeah. then. Okay. Yeah. Man. Them for, Thank, for a few weeks. I appreciate, you know what I'm saying? The love though, as well for real guys. Of course. Hey, come on. You know, there's, <laughs> there's nothing but love. That's all there is. That's all we need to make yeah. shit. Right. I mean, I'm not saying I love everybody. I fuck everybody. But if I love you, I love you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what? But no, back to back to where they can find you. Well, what what uh, avenues? What um streams? Are so Reggae Lover is at ReggaeLover.com. Um, you could also find okay. the on Reggae Lover podcast on Instagram. And um, okay, it's a podcast available everywhere. Podcasts are available. So. Oh, iHeart awesome, Music, awesome. Stitcher, Apple Podcast, you know, anywhere that you can find the words over yeah. ice show. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You <laughs> You'll can, find Reggae Lovers. Yeah. yeah, subscribe to Reggae Lover. And um, so real quick, like the show started out with me, Khalil Wanda, the selector, bringing you, bringing forth mixes. And so like the first several seasons, like maybe the first 125 episodes or so, the majority of that is yeah. mixing anywhere between 25 minutes and like an hour and 10 minutes in length every single so you week. You're just bringing music. Yeah. Every single week I would mix a completely different set of tunes, like a different lane, like a different mood. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you might get yeah. that dope. straight baby making love, making music on one week. <laughs> I can't. I can't listen to that shit right now. <laughs> I, got, I already got one. I'm done, son. You got. You trying to make the family strong, oh, man. Use son. protection, man. Use protection. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it was you know that vibe. And then the following week might be you know the best of the songs that you would dance to back in the '90s. You know, more up tempo. And then the next week might be those cultural, you know, like God bless songs where it's just like you know. The stuff mm-hmm. I was telling yeah. you, you hear, you play it in the morning first thing before you go out. Yeah, get your mind right. Get your mind right exactly, for the day. Exactly. When you, That's awesome, so, man. That's yeah, awesome, man. Bro. And, and I did that getting, long enough to, not that I, I couldn't continue to do it because my collection is sick. You know what I mean? And I have, you know, I'm inspired yeah. to do yeah. this. Yeah. But 
Um, I was watching, you know, like guys like you and, and other podcasts that I was listening to. And I noticed that there was a lack of reggae talk out there. And there was just like, mm-hmm. everybody was doing mixes. DJ so-and-so, I'm DJ, what's his name? And you know, nowadays it's not much to be a DJ. You download some software and right. you have a laptop. DJ pickle and chips. <laughs> and like, you put in the uh, sound- you a sandwich? What the fuck? <laughs> you put in the sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. You have a couple of drops and you know, you're a DJ. So I was like, okay, this is not really necessarily setting me apart. Though if you listen, you know, it probably does set me apart, but... Yeah, I mean, everybody could do that. So now I wanted to take it more into like a journalistic kind of a thing. Same name of the show, Reggae Lover, but the 2019 season has been purely talk and mm-hmm. information. Yeah, just yeah. Get, giving them so history, it's not just bro. copyright yeah. strikes. Like I'm using everybody's music and whatever, whatever. It's like, <laughs> I'm like, hey, go out and buy you know, go look for coffee. She's the new artist that's cutting, you know, she's got like five new songs out that you need to check out right now. And, you know, check out right. Lila Ike. Her video just dropped today. She's a new artist from Manchester, Jamaica. So, you know, and I bring these artists on, we interview them. Um, I talk with other podcasters, you know, I talk to Jamaican actors, authors, you know, People, that, they don't have to be Jamaican, but they, you know, as long as they're a reggae lover and we have a good t- conversation, yeah. you know, I love to bring on people from different places. Like our guest last week is from San Diego and um, he's been doing reggae for years and years and years, plays all these instruments, has a studio and, you know, white, like dreadlock guy from California. And we talked. Good. Mm-hmm. I, live, I live in San Diego. Uh, yeah, Ian Young from. Uh, he used to be in the group Tribal Seeds. Oh no shit! And yeah, yeah. He's like he's a legit reggae giant, but over here on the East Coast, most people don't really know who he is. Um, mm-hmm. and so I ch- try it's to bring you know dr- connect dots between the culture, and it's such a global phenomenon that you know I just we provide commentary and. We talk about things like ask, we had an episode called gonna, like why do why does Black America hate reggae, and that title just got everybody's panties up in a bunch, and a lot of people were like, "Oh my God, how could you say that?" And it's like you know that's yeah. not the point. Like the point is listen to the conversation because <laughs> we talked for more than an hour, and we were discussing uh-huh. all sides, in and out, left and right, up and down of the of the situation. See. You're better than me. How can I say it? I fixed my mouth and I fucking said it. Very simple. And they'd be like, what? <laughs> See what I'm saying? Like, yo, it just it gives me like, wait, what did he just say? That's all I can say. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> getting, people, Khalil, was, getting people like. I was going to ask you, there, Khalil. Sorry, Jay. Um, no, you're good. Coming from Chicago. I was born and raised in Chicago. Jay's in Chicago. Now I moved out to San Diego. I don't know, six years okay. ago. Um, A lot warmer. And there's. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful out here. <laughs> it's sticky as fuck right now. But there's a def- definite difference in music and in the culture of music out here. Like the the San Diego reggae vibes are much different, and something I've never actually heard. It never made it to Chicago, at least when I was there. I just never heard it. But when I come out here, you got you know Revolution, Iration, all those different types of reggae bands. That it's like a more poppy type of yeah. reggae. What do you uh, What are your thoughts on those on those type of to those type of bands 
I don't know if you've heard him. Yeah, I've heard um I've heard of him. I'm familiar with um, you know, um and that was one of the reasons that I I wanted to talk to Ian Young cuz you know, he's he's mm-hmm. connected with a lot of those bands Tribal Seeds yeah. as well. Yeah. Um so I think it's it's great that people are attracted to the culture and have adopted it, you know, for their own and continuing mm-hmm. to spread the culture and play um you know, I really appreciate when they actually still pay homage to the Jamaican side. Um, and and as long as they're doing that in some kind of way, you know, I'm cool with it. Yeah. It's, it's got a very like Hawaiian feel to it. Yeah. I mean, reggae is, it's not just one thing. I just, I don't promote the hate, you know, I promote like, actually, I think music is something that you should listen to. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Listen to it. Yeah. It makes you feel a certain way. If you like it, then you keep listening. If you don't like it, move on and listen to something else. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. pretty much just right. that simple. Right. But I'm pretty fascinated that those groups have such large followings and there's still people all over that don't know who they are and then vice versa. There are people in California that grew up on Soja and Revolution and mm-hmm. go to all their shows. Mm-hmm. But if you ask them about reggae, like Jamaican reggae, they may only know Bob or, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah exactly. So it's just, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> exactly. I really don't know what to say about it. You know, one of my goals is to, um, you know, do continue to do the research that I'm doing through the podcast and, um, and kind of be able to, to pull this information together in a way, um, presented in a way that, everybody can kind of learn from it. Um, people can consume it and learn from it. So, you know, plan to work on, you know, continue to do the interviews, continue to, to do the research. And, um, I'm going to pull some stuff together and, and, you know, put it into some books, you know, hopefully take it to Mm -hmm. some speaking and, um, stuff like that, you know, just educating people because I think that there's just too much separation. You know, people are, um, a lot of times just too ignorant to to listen to what the next person is saying and um learn a little bit about somebody else's culture and i think the more that we can do that the more we can counteract a lot of the bs that's going on right now in the in america and and around the world as well yeah but society in this country has been indoctrinated or taught to be a separatist kind of mindset uh where you 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 don't really naturally just open up and accept new experiences outside of your comfort level. And what you're doing, I think is going to open up a lot of eyes and ears and hearts. Like you said, you went from spinning and and doing your sound sets to speaking and educating and bringing on new artists and spreading awareness. So there's a huge difference in that because one thing is to give somebody some music to listen to, but the other thing is to speak. And when you're, you're speaking, I think the intrigue in this world or rather in this country, uh, you're going to get a lot more attention. They're going to, they're going to start to listen to you. You know what I mean? I I hope so, man. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) I I, I think, I think it's going to happen. I I can see, yeah, I can see that it's happening, you know, and keep it up. Um, are there any other, um, social media platforms that you, you are on outside of that, uh, the podcast on Instagram and, you know, all major. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm on just about every 
social platform. Um, you know, so again, the name of the sound is Highlander. That's, you know, only a Highlander can kill a Highlander, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But one. it's spelled <laughs> with an A at the end. So H I G H L A N D A Highlander sound mm-hmm. Highlander.net. Um, at Highlander on Twitter and um you know I'm branding my Khalil Wanda on Instagram at Khalil Wanda um at Reggae Lover Pod um so Twitter Facebook everything you know it's everywhere Google definitely good to awesome. easy to find I work on the SEO so <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys you uh, yeah, you guys have the, uh i know you had a show about sales a couple did like a part one and two not too long ago um so you know i definitely mm-hmm. checked those out and my ears were perked up because you know i've been a student of, of sales and marketing for a long time and um mm-hmm. and i feel like in the reggae business it's just like in in a lot of music business you know a lot of urban music you know the there's a lot of talent but on the business side it's lacking yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah so oh, yeah. just like if you go and look for reggae podcasts, you know, trust me, trust and believe you'll find maybe four, four, <laughs> not even five That's podcasts crazy. that are talk shows that cover reggae. Um, and then you'll find like hundreds of mixes from all over the world, you know, DJ, DJ ham right. sandwich or whatever. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> no, but real shit. Um, well, me and my buddy Duke, we uh, we're dumb fall guys uh, at dumb fall guys on Instagram, whatnot. We got our album out on all the the streaming services. We got a show coming up on the twentieth. But he's a reggae buff, and I would really like you and him to have a conversation. Uh. He he really knows his stuff and just is 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 a, a monster with it, and I think that it would be a good conversation okay, between the so two. So yeah, let's link it up, man. Let's let's do it. Yeah, indeed, indeed. But yeah, man, whatever you're doing, you're doing it right because you've been doing it for a while and you've seen a lot of things. And I'm still sitting over here tripping out that you were sitting there in Atlanta when all <laughs> that shit was going down. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Good times, yo. You know, all them songs, the places that they mention, um, especially, you know, you listen to uh, Welcome to Atlanta, like the original Welcome to Atlanta and the remix. Yeah. Yeah. All the places they yeah. talk about, like Highlander Sound was up in there. Trust and belief. <laughs> right. Like, so so when you were in, did you ever go by Sedwick Ave, uh, Sedgwick Ave in, uh, in New York when you, were, when you were living there? With, with, yeah, where Cool Herc was, because that—that's when you said uh, Sound yeah. Selected. When you said that, um, that made it like it clicked after you started talking. Because I remember, if the, don't don't quote me, but I think that that he's like one of the first ones that were doing the parties and started you know hip hop out out there and just it was right. just another yeah, time. I, I didn't go like so yeah. to Cedric. At, you know, I'm a, I'm a Brooklyn cat. You know, what I'm saying like only went to Bronx yeah. if I had a good reason. You know, <laughs> but I did make some trips out, you know, to the to the BX. But um, yeah, Cool Herc I is, and okay, so funny you should ask about that. J- cool Herc is a Jamaican. Um, he's an immigrant, you know, or he was. So mm-hmm. yeah, he brought the yeah. stuff that he saw going on um in the island, and and he started doing doing it in the Bronx, and and that was the birth. Actually, when I was in college. You know, I, I took a um, 
you know, I told you I was nerdy. I took an honors English class and we had to write a paper, choose any topic you want. So my paper was on how the roots of hip hop were similar to the roots of reggae. And I did all this research and got an A plus, but that, um, you know, cool Herc, you know, is definitely one of the people. And if you look at a lot of the early rappers, you know, they have roots in the islands as well from the eighties. But, mm-hmm. um, there's this, there's some documentaries out there. Like you guys may be familiar with hip hop evolution, which is on Netflix. Um, and they did like yeah. two seasons yep. and they cover like all different angles of the hip hop culture. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like if you hear cool Herc on there, he, and actually the, the narrator, like they failed to mention the whole Jamaican link. And I was watching and I was like, what? Yes, the, like, are you see? I was pissed. But yeah. there are other interviews that you'll see and hear Cool Herc talk about that. So I was like, okay, they just chose to omit it right. in this particular docu docu series. Well, that's what that that's what I had a problem with. It seemed like there was too many gaps, but I guess they had to like you know I don't know keep a time constraint or some shit. But there was like a lot of gaps uh, within certain things of that that documentary. And then the season ended it. They still haven't started the third one. Or they, yeah, no, there's end. no third one. I don't know that, to my knowledge. But yeah, man, like, you know, that, that, but that, that just, that just inspired me to, to do what I'm doing. And I'm like, you know what, we can't rely on other people to tell our stories. So I'm going to, I'm going to do it. (laughs) I'm going to get the word out, tell our stories. Cause if you check it, you know, a lot of the writing, the books and documentaries that cover reggae, um, you know, are done by like some like british white people you know like it's just like yeah yeah from the outside view like you can never get the exactly. truth if you weren't in it exactly that's just and the so way it is it's not yeah, there's this, icons that are getting up there in age now and they're gonna pass on and their stories are gonna be buried with them you know what i'm saying maybe if you mm-hmm. have the cassettes or whatever you can listen but it's not been documented so you know that's what me and my team are currently working on and you know what I'm saying? Dope, man. Thank you for from the community. Thank you for yeah, that. Man, I, yeah, man. I hope it's appreciated. You know, um, definitely love to talk about this stuff. You know, I could <laughs> I could talk about it for like all day, every day. Um, mm-hmm. you know, my wife has to like yeah. pull me out sometimes, like <laughs> <laughs> Hey look, you gotta eat <laughs> right. something today, right? <laughs> well, no doubt, man. It's been um been very entertaining and great to talk with you so it it, ray you there i think he fell out but neither here nor there um yeah thank you very much for your time um we're definitely going to do this again if you're willing to get into some more chop Uh, it up some more you know um this summer if you anybody come into atl or if you're in atl and you listen to the words over ice show oh okay you're um, still there i don't know i haven't heard ray chime in in a while yeah no i think i think he dropped out but neither here nor there um like i was saying thank you very much for your time i would really like to get you and my my uh my my co-host uh on the the dumb fall guys the group uh duke to get together and talk because i think you guys have a lot to speak on and a lot of information to share uh and you're very knowledgeable thank you very much for your time and uh, looking forward to speaking with you again. And also, when you get those books, 
please, please let us know because uh, I will definitely right. grab a copy because uh, this is very interesting to me. It's it's, an, right. it's a must well, you read. You know I will. I definitely. <laughs> I'm not going to forget that. And uh, so you'll be on the list. You know, uh, you'll be on my pre-launch list, as a matter of fact. So you can get it before it comes out. <laughs> hey, cool, I'm back. We- Sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, awesome. I heard, I heard it, it all, but my mic wasn't working for for a minute there. Um, for sure, for sure. So good stuff, man. I be, yeah, like Jay said, we appreciate you coming on. I listen to everything you're doing. You're doing good stuff. So just wanted to. Finally got my mic. And it's working. good to meet the person that we did the yeah, little uh, video, the, the commercial. Well, for, I knew it was made cool just from you know exchanging <laughs> changing messages back and forth. I knew you. Yeah, I knew man. School, so. Right. And I was about to say if you, if anybody's coming out to ATL this summer, you know, check out Reggae in the Park at uh, Piedmont Park. It's right down in the center okay. of uh, Atlanta. It's a free event, two day uh, festival setting, and um, I just what, um, uh, that's going to be August tenth and eleventh. What, what time? Um, so I just heard one okay. of the celebrity ambassadors for the event will be Tito Puente. Um, he's going to be hey. out. Yeah, he's going to be out there he's with a- the full band and everything. <laughs> um, so I'll be what's up. doing a set on the Saturday of that um, weekend. And, um, you know, looking forward to that. One of the biggest, you know, events in the Southeast. So reggae in the park. Um, also look out for Roots no, in the West End, Shit. August thirty first. Right. Um, I'll be oh, featured there is. as well, uh, along with We Bass Sound System. And coming up July the twentieth is the Conscious Reggae Concert at King Caribbean in Austell. You can get information on sure. all of the above at yeah, ReggaeLover.com. I listened to you. I was I could hear you guys, but I was trying to chime in, and you guys couldn't hear me for some reason. And my my phone is upstairs because I would just order food, and my sister had to talk to the fucking delivery people. <laughs> so that's why if you text me, that's why. Yeah, I, I did. Well, he's he's back on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You good? All right. Oh, good man. So finish up that finish up that last part real quick. Uh, what what day you're gonna be spinning and what day you're gonna be? Yeah. Um, you know, doing your so thing? again, that's the reggae in the park, August 10th and um, 11th. The conscious reggae concert oh, on just July the 20th. Okay, here we go. Conscious reggae concert, July 20th at King Caribbean and Zencasters Roots the in promotion. the West End. Right. August 31st <laughs> at nope. Gallery 992. And you could just nah, check brother. out my um, reggaelover.com. <laughs> I think we got or it hit me up on though, social yeah. media I at Khalil Wanda or at Reggae Lover Podcast and um, get all the information that way. You think that was cool? All right, that's a wrap for this one. Thank you guys for joining. Hope you enjoyed it. Leave that five-star review if you did. My uh, audio cut out towards the end there, so I apologize about that, but it was a good show nonetheless. Head over to our website, wordsovereyeshow.com. You can find everything there, and uh, thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.